Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your favorite dictator here, President Bonjo. I want to start again, as I normally do with my podcast, to thank every single one of you who keep downloading or watching the podcast on video. We are creating, definitely creating a scene across the podcasting world. And let me say this once again, I am the only president, the only dictator with a podcast, and that has to be a beautiful thing. I hope you recovered from Valentine's Day, such a waste of money commercially, especially if you have six wives. And you know what is really interesting about Valentine's Day is this, I have survived three lockdowns with six wives and I'm still in a relationship. Why do I have to prove to them that I have got to get them sweets just to, you know, satisfy my urges? Anyway, it's all good. Since uh, I last came on the podcast, I also have uh, a minister of fitness, Joanne Groves. Uh, she keeps me busy in terms of making me, you know, I want to be fitter than Putin. I want to be as athletic as Putin, not as, a, you know, a athletic as Putin. And that's what I've been doing. And there are videos, video clips of um, my interaction with, uh, with my fitness inspector. But the most important thing that I need to share, finally, I have got in touch after so much, well, maybe some of you don't know that the late Idi Amin Dada is my father, okay? Not many people know this because he had an affair with a Nigerian woman and they banished us to Nigeria. Let me tell you what is now happening. I have now made contact with one of my brothers, Jaffa Amin, and he is going to be on this podcast. And I have to say to you, we have been talking ever since I made contact with him on Sunday. I honestly don't understand what is going on. But if someone had said to me 11 years ago when I became president of Laughter Republic, that I will end up talking to Idi Amin's son, his real son now, when I say, you know, I'm, and you know, there are about 60 of us. There are a thousand people claiming that Idi Amin is their father. And I am one of them. But there's only 60 that is really valid. But with no further ado, I want to introduce you to a comic that I respect. He's a young brother on so many fronts. You see, when I was performing comedy before I now became you know, a full-time president, uh, Nelson and I, we met, I believe we met in Norwich, if not um, somewhere else, but he used to run a very nice comedy night in Norwich. And you see, you, don't, you might not know this uh, because I am middle-aged, uh, all the black comics call me uncle, while <laughs> all the white comics call me mate. Nelson calls me uncle or president. He will never ever call me mate because, you know, the, 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 you know he, the, he has to show respect, even though we're in a very cold country. Now, Nelson is an actor, extra writer, director, film and stage crew, a stand-up comedian living in Norwich, in England. He has performed in so many venues, reputable venues, the Comedy Store, the Comedy Cafe, Frog and Bucket in Manchester, and many other places across the country. He has also featured on BBC's Norfolk's new comedy show, along with a monthly night. Oh, geez, I, we had some really wonderful nights at a place called Gonzo. I always killed it. I killed it and always stormed it. Nobody, nobody could follow me a few months later. I did pretty well. I know that for a fact. So it's, it's quite um, heart-wrenching 
to talk about Gonzo Steel Room. It's one, if you have never ever played that room and you call yourself a comic, you are not really a comic. You know, it's it's a fantastic place. And also he's done quite, you know, he's done, he's done very well. But I, uh, I think the first lockdown, I made contact with him. We caught up. I hadn't started doing my podcast because I was still trying to find my way. But I, I, with no further ado, Nelson is also from Zimbabwe. And um, that's not one of the reasons why I asked him to come. But it's really interesting how when I used to perform on stage, all those white people would say, you remind me of Mugabe. And I knew nothing. I, I, look, I, I, I looked nothing like Mugabe. Mr. Mugabe never wore a uniform. But just because I was black and uh, they saw me as a dictator, they just always assumed that, uh, that I was trying to mimic Mugabe. So um, with no further ado, Nelson, and you know, I am an African and I feel so ashamed not to be able to pronounce his name. Um, and, and this is what happened. He has signed in as Tinashe. So I just thought, geez, <laughs> lockdown has turned this man into a woman unless he has a vaccine. He's had a vaccine because I don't know what Tinashe means. His name is Nelson Kobanko, Kobakuma, and he will correct me. It's a very long name. How do you pronounce your name, Nelson? Gombakomba. Okay. What does that actually mean? Um, Gombakomba. See, there's different theories, right? The first one means lover boy. So, like a playboy. But you know African style, right? Like, mm. when, when someone... That, 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 the man that a married woman sneaks inside their house when yeah. a man is at work. Yeah. That's a gomba comba. Mm -hmm. There's also another theory. Gomba means a hole in Shona, which is where we, my native language. So there's different theories. Some say it just means holes. Some say it means a uh, lover boy. I think it, it, it's somewhere in between, but even the gomba combas are divided on the interpretation of that. Okay. So, yeah, and it's really interesting. They say you should be always be careful about the name you give your children, because yeah, you are definitely a lover boy. Because audiences <laughs> and viewers, when I tried to arrange this podcast with Nelson yesterday, he told me off. He said, "Uncle, don't you respect Valentine's?" I wanted a <laughs> podcast interview with him on Valentine's Day. I couldn't care less whoever he was with, but you can tell he's a lover boy. How was Valentine's Day anyway? Well, uh, it was good. I FaceTimed my uh, Valentine's Day. She wasn't here. We look. We 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 respect the lockdown rules, my president. So uh, there, there was no uh, exchange of any limits. You know, they, we did not risk each other's lives. Let's just say, keep it at that. Now, I am quite impressed because you are much younger than me. Uh, I would have thought that. Where 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 is she based? Is she in the UK or abroad? Um, right now she's abroad, but I'm going to do what needs to be done and bring her to the UK. Okay, so so you didn't really respect the lockdown then. It was more of a case, she was abroad, and that's why you had to... <laughs> i tell you, i tell you a little story, my friend. You know, yeah. I, just, I, I just recently uh, joined Bumble. Yeah, yeah, it's a dating site, just, yeah. just for the sake of comedy. And yeah. um, I, I, I am the first president, first human being, to get stood up on a Zoom date. We had a <laughs> Zoom date and we were going to meet on Zoom. She gave me all her details and I was waiting, just similar, waiting like I was waiting for you and boom, yeah. she didn't show up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, are you still talking to her? Did she admit you? I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe she found, finally found out that I was a comedian and I wasn't serious. 
you know, like women like men in uniform. I don't know what happened. They, they, they were like, yeah, I, a no, I prefer a real dictator. I prefer, I prefer a real dictator. But how have um, you been? How have you been anyway? How have you been? Uh, first of all, let me just say, Benjamin, Obonjo, uh, uh, how do you want me to address you? I, I'm not sure who you are My calling Benjamin. Friend. It is President, His Excellency, President Obonjo. Um, First of all, let me just say, Your Excellency, yeah. my president, Obonjo, yeah. yeah. the man who the first time I saw, I knew that I, I just knew me and you were going to be connected. <laughs> you were so electric the night I saw you. Yeah. You made the, the whole thing people sing, and I was, you know, you know, the first time you beat a really good act, you're like, This guy is someone that we so many times so i remember the first time i saw you about five six years ago and it it seems like a long time now and here we are in it's it's almost seven years ago isn't it yes almost six, seven, you, seven know, years you, you know ago. you know you know setting so i can't remember um, time okay but anyway i i just want to say first of all it is a massive pleasure to be on your podcast I am such a big fan of you, and I am also a follower. Thank you, you have done so much great work. <laughs> I, I can, no one can ever say Obojo did does no respect comedy because <laughs> you have put in the work. So, first off, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you. In all honesty, it's a yeah. massive pleasure. Yeah. Now, how have I been? Um, this has been tough times, you know, President, because it's it's not it's not a normal thing to just stay indoors all this time so i've been trying to keep myself busy mm-hmm. i've tried online gigs they are not the same as being on stage but <laughs> you know <laughs> what can we do they it is it's hard so i've focused more on just the material mm-hmm. of late i've tried to develop ideas that i had previously not managed to develop because uh, before Corona, life was moving so fast. That's what I'm realizing. I was doing a show every other day. At some points, I was doing gigs like weekly. And now that I've had time to rest, I've had time to just think, damn, that was such a fast pace of doing things. So now I've sat down, I've written jokes, I've developed material. And now I just need to test them out. Now, the problem with online gigs is that people don't really give you that back and forth. Like, you know, when you're on stage, someone heckles something random and it, that heckling eventually makes it into the joke months later when you think, mm. oh man, let me add this line, let me do that. So those are the things I miss because there were times on stage when, when I would just rant because some of my jokes, when I start off, they're not written mm-hmm. solidly, it's just mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. And then when I pause and when people echo, I see different directions of taking the joke. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that I feel like has been taken away. So mm-hmm. I've now had to go do online gigs, go do Zoom gigs, which is really, it's not the same thing because you're talking to a camera and we're so used to that instant reaction so that we do what we do. But we have to adapt because no one knows how long this will last. So um, 
the last few months, well, almost a year now to answer your question has just been about getting to a point where um, when things get back to normal, I am as ready, I'm as ready as I can be. Mm -hmm. I, I, I thank you so much for your um, compliments. Um, and I, I do identify with you in terms of, because I was busy, man. I was, oh. I was always all over the place. I, yeah. I, I, it's only after the lockdown that I just said to myself, was I going through some mental health issues? Because I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop performing. I was just all over, constantly performing. Constant. Now, I know where my house is. My house knows me. I know where the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There were so many yeah. things. There were so many things, Nelson. I didn't know how, um, how, um, trying to look for the right words, how it consumes you. Comedy yeah. consumes you. That you neglect other parts of your life. That you, 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 it's only when like the first lockdown and the second lockdown, then I realized, wow, I haven't done this. I haven't done this. And actually, yeah. I should need really just take a step back and just think, where am I going with all mm. the presidency of mine? What do I want to do next? But yeah. not my fault. I was just busy. I was in demand. Every weekend, yeah. someone wanted me. Think about it, President. You could do like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then maybe rest on a Sunday, then carry on a gig on Monday. That's like four or five gigs in a space of seven. And that's normal to us. Yeah. And that's but, but when you think about it now, it is complete madness as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Exactly. Yeah, you should, you, should, you should choose carefully the gigs you want to do. If you choose, you need, you need to be more strategic. That's my, that's my first, that, that's my first learning point for me, you know, because geez, I was, I was running all over the place. I was, I was, I felt like, I felt like I just discovered sex and I was just. <laughs> every night. Every night I had to, I had to. And then all of a sudden it vanishes, it vanishes. And yeah. you're what, what, what next? What next? But you're uh, yeah, gone. I, I think part of the reason is before lockdown, right? The the system that we had for comedy was based on hard work and not so much substance. And the reason I say that is because you have a much better chance of progressing if you're working hard, if you're performing yeah, yeah, hard, yeah, if you're yeah. doing as many gigs as possible. Mm. But now that these gigs have been taken away, people that used to rely on gigs for progression now have to focus on the material. Mm -hmm. So now, back in the day, you could have the best 10 minutes set, but if you're not performing at these, you know, reputable clubs, no one would notice you. You'd need to, you would still have to do this club. Like, no one would would hire you for doing a good 10 minute set from going to, mm. to London without mm. doing some stuff. Can you, can you increase your volume a little bit? You need to increase your volume, I think. All right. Can, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I can. All right. So, so my, point, my point was, right, that in the past, um, people used to rely on the number of gigs they've done mm. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a sign of how good they're doing. Yeah, yes. You could... Yes. You could do a hundred gigs and even if you're not that good, people will 
consider you a headliner because mm. you have put in the work. Yeah, yeah. But now people are people have been forced to focus on the material because mm. now you cannot just say, "Oh, I've done a hundred gigs." Mm. What have you done? You could have done a hundred gigs of the same show. Mm. Now yeah. it's time to focus on how funny are you? People have taken away all the other things that people used to just rely on because I felt like in the past it was more about the number of gigs, the number of places, all this experience. But since that has been taken away, you actually need to look at the reason people find you funny. So mm -hmm. these online gigs, all these other opportunities, or when things get back to normal, I will be forced to then focus on the material because it's not about the 100 gigs or all these places you're performing. Mm -hmm. It's about how good you are, how much people are really laughing at what you say, yeah, how yeah. people are connecting. I, but I would, I would not write off, you're absolutely right, but I would not write off Zoom gigs. Uh, you won't believe it. I have been doing some yeah. Zoom shows where I get my fan base to come and uh, watch my new show. Yeah. And I just recently did uh, Leicester Comedy Festival. Uh, I did an hour show on Zoom. And well, I got a response. I, got, I heard people laughing. And it was, it, you're right. It's not the same as life, life um, performing life. But yeah. my brother, the comedy landscape has changed. It has. It will happen. I don't genuinely believe, even when they vaccinate everyone, that everybody will want to go to a comedy club straight away. No. Yeah? No. Because some people are finding it so easy can you, can you imagine? You can sit in your living room, half naked, with a cup of tea, watch me perform. Okay, if you don't want to watch me perform, you can sit down in your living room, half naked, watch Michael McIntyre. Yeah? yeah. Or all these top comics. So mm. it's going to be really, really difficult to get those people out there again, because it's now become a matter of convenience. People have discovered another way of, of watching <laughs> comics. <laughs> But but I think there's a good and a bad because uh, whilst we whilst I have mentioned the the disadvantages of online gigs, mm. so for my style of comedy, I like that back and forth. I like oh, when it's the same. It's the same. Yeah, same for you as well. Yeah, you you exactly. like that back and forth. But um, with this new system that we're in right now, I've realized that what you're saying is true. So let me tell you what I realized. Right, I realized that. Back in the past, um, you and I would probably do like, let's say, in a weekend, three gigs, right? Mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And on average, on a Thursday, you might do 50 people. Mm -hmm. On a mm -hmm. Friday, you might do mm -hmm. 100. Mm -hmm. Saturday, 200, right? On average. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at Zoom gigs, the numbers are mad. The numbers are, <laughs> you can do, you can do... You can do, it's unlimited. So, you know, assuming that like the system that you have in place works, if you can, if you can do Zoom gigs like we used to do back in the day, mm -hmm. and if the numbers match, then, I mean, you've hit the jackpot because really like, even though it's on Zoom, you're performing to a similar amount of people that you would have performed mm -hmm. to. Over yeah, the but year, so. you know, I think, it, yeah, but, but I made it, I made it, I made a decision that mm. I was not going to apply for any Zoom gigs. Anybody who contacts me and says he wants me to perform is mm. because number one, they know how to arrange the Zoom gig. They know that I need to hear people respond to my laughter and I'll take it up. 
But I won't, anyone who posts on any social media platform and says, oh, uh, please apply for 10, I don't, I don't waste my time doing that. I don't. Much. Yeah, it's too much. I'm not, I'm not doing that because number one, I don't know if I'm playing to comics rather than to audiences. <laughs> Why would I want to play? Why would I want to play to 10 comics? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, I, I can do that without the no, 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 no. I wasn't, I wasn't doing that when there was a live performance. Why would I want to do that? In, on yeah. a Zoom, you want you want to destroy my presidency. You want to destroy yeah. my soul. So I don't I don't even bother with that. Let's move on, Nelson. Um, so, um, the title of the podcast is called "If Comedians Rule the World" with yeah. President Abonja. and yeah. I know you have a particular subject that you want to address because I demanded that you actually talk about this particular subject. So it's not a matter of choice. The other thing I should have said to you is that. Whatever you say, uh, you civilians, you like freedom of speech. So I'm not editing this podcast. So whatever you say stays as it is. And that is not a warning. I'm just telling you I am not editing because I'm trying. I'm trying. Since I've been under house arrest in England, I've been trying my best to, to, to understand freedom of speech. So the floor is yours. Whatever you say doesn't get edited. I'll tell you what. If, if, if I was the prime minister of this country, I'd teach comedy in school. And you wouldn't be able to drop it until you're 16, until you've completed your GCSE. Every single student would be expected to do a 10-minute set <laughs> you know, for GCSE in front of the whole school. And the reason why I say that, Benjamin, is because... And you I'm keep sure, calling me Benjamin. I am not Benjamin. I'm President Obonjo. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I do apologize. Please. Please. I'm so sorry. But the, the reason why I say that, Obonjo, is because comedy has given me and you something that is hard to explain to a non-comedian mm -hmm. so we are able to stand in front of a crowd say the most embarrassing stories mm -hmm. but live with our head held down mm -hmm. we can do we have realized that the human ego is just a barrier mm -hmm. if you want to have fun you just have to be yourself man mm -hmm. I, all I, this shyness <clears throat> My, I Sorry, go, go, on, on. go on, go on, go on, go on. All right. I was just going to say, like, telling students or everyone to do stand-up comedy, or at least forcing them to do it, would make them come out of their shell. Like, there's something about comedy that makes you realize that as long as this person is laughing, it's going to be fine. I can say whatever crazy thing I can, but if they are laughing, then that's... I could joke about the most disgusting as long as they are laughing that's all that matters so if you have that approach man i feel like that's something people can benefit from i i think i agree with you to a certain extent mm. and i have no regrets performing comedy because mm. uh, i've done it for 11 years however nelson i will have to say to you that they will also need to find a way of supporting these people that you want, you know, performing stand-up comedy. And I think, you know, because I tell you, you know, you know, you know how the, the, the things that irritate me about performing comedy are this, not necessarily in terms of material or performing the stage. Number one, validation from other people. Yeah. Yeah. It kills people. If you do not have confidence, you are finished. I always say to people, if you suffer from low self-esteem, comedy is not for you. It will destroy you. Forget, <laughs> the 
No, honestly, if you do not, if you suffer from low self-esteem, comedy will destroy you. That's Number true. two, you have to have a thick skin because comedians are judging you. They are the judges. They would they would they will be assessing you whether they find you funny or not. That's point number two. Yeah. Point number three. It is a very cutthroat environment. Yeah, I know you're not saying yeah. that you want people to perform comedy uh, professionally, but you see, this is what I know about stand-up comedy. Once you taste it, <laughs> it's like a drug. You are not going back. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going back <laughs> once you taste it it's <laughs> too good it's too good you are not going back honestly you are not going yeah. back and that is the challenge i have for you about students because once they because they're so they're so um you can easily shape them and impress them in terms of their views. And they will just get hooked on stand-up comedy. And it is, it is, it, no, honestly. And there are, there are dark, there are dark places in comedy. I'm, I'm sure you know that. Really dark places where you have to shut the door because if you open that door, it messes you up. That is true. Ooh. That is true. I'm sorry. I, it, I, know. I, I, I no. It, I, it's just. It's just. You hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not an easy profession because you have to have a lot of internal conversations. You have to go home quietly after a bad gig and tell yourself that you're going to go back and do it again. No matter what, you you yeah. have to you have to be able to face. I I see comedy like uh, facing rejection from a woman. Yeah. There will be lots of rejections. You will storm <laughs> you will storm a gig, and then eventually you think you get rebooked. You are not getting rebooked if you are not part of that clique of people. There is a clique, and you know yeah. it. There's a clique of oh, people yeah. who run gigs, and if you're not part of that clique, no matter how well you do, even if you raise the roof. Even if they carry me out of that venue, <laughs> yeah. if the comedy promoter doesn't like what you've done, mm. you are not getting booked. <laughs> but, but Benjamin, that, that leads me to another point now. So do you reckon the lockdown is going to make promoters irrelevant to an extent? I, I, I would say, I would say, because think about it, right? If a comedian, right, is able to gather an audience of like <clears throat> 1,000 people on the internet, if you have 1,000 people that follow you and are willing to, mm. to, to watch your gigs, whether mm -hmm. it's Zoom or YouTube clips, whether it's, that's a good audience, man. Yeah. That's a so good it depends. It depends, Nelson, on where you think you are in terms of your comedy. So, if you want to do comedy as a profession, as you know, there is a career structure within yeah. the industry. It's almost like you want to study medicine. There is a circle of people. There's a network of people that will make you succeed. So it's like you having, you want to do medicine. You can't just do medicine without going to the right school. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for some people, mistakes that they've made in the past is they've gone to the wrong comedy course. And then they go to the wrong comedy course. That is not a comedy course that is uh, uh, recognized, officially recognized within the industry. Yeah. 
you understand what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. you, it's like you saying, oh, I, I, I want to do a good example. I want to do politics. So where do you go? It's better for you to go to London School of Economics or Harvard University. You go to Harvard University. That sets you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and that sets you. And that's where people make mistakes because, okay, they want to be on TV, but <laughs> if you don't do the courses that yeah. the TV people are linked to, you ain't going nowhere. Am I making sense? You are not. No, you're making perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 and that's why what I was going to say is that some comedy promoters are really, really important depending on your career. If you want to remove the middleman, and you just want to perform to an audience and you don't really care that you are going to be recognized as, oh, the comedy royalty, then you can do it because there is comedy royalty in it the is. industry. <laughs> it is. No, um, the, the, the thing is, you're definitely right. They, it, it's, it's an elitist industry. And even if you have 100,000 followers on, online, no one will respect you if you haven't taken the, the steps if you haven't done the comedy stalls, if you haven't done the big london gigs like people would just say ah it's funny online but can you do it on stage you yeah, know there's yeah, a few yeah. but, 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 there's, there. but, but, but there's also that recognition you know even before the lockdown i found out yeah i don't mind sharing this with you there is a professional comic network yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, I, 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 in order for you to be in that network, you have to be playing these major clubs. Yeah. Comedy Store, Banana Cabaret, uh, 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 Glee Club. We're not, sorry, no disrespect. We're not talking about Gonzo's. We're not talking about, you know, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. these clubs. I record that, that yeah, is, no, that's, the, that's the setting. But if you are the sort of comic, they Go on. There's only about 10, 10 clubs, right? There's only about 10 of those type of clubs. We can go through them, right? There's a comedy store, Banana Cabaret, the 99 Club, mm -hmm. Glee Club, Amused Moose. Mm -hmm. um, is there, there's the stand in Newcastle. Yeah. Then that's six gigs. Mm -hmm. Is the stand-up club in London still regarded in that regard? I don't know. I really don't know. Because that one, I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. these six that I've mentioned, right? Yeah. And maybe, maybe Backyard Comedy Club, if you're headlining. Or yeah, yeah, doing yeah, 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 yeah. Those, those are the seven gigs that I know that, like, they, they are the... And also, well, what's the... There's one way you can't even apply. You you need... They, they, there's, there's some gigs in London where, like, you could be killing it everywhere. And if yeah. you mess with them, they'll just tell you, come on, man, you know, <laughs> we don't do them things. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, also there are there are comics who will recommend you to a gig. Yeah. So 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 for me, so for me, the the the, the two there's the two two parts to it. There is the career path, which is if you are lucky and you're very clear about where you want to be, that's where yeah. you should be focusing on. And there's the non-career path. Which is what I call what is which is which is what I would also almost call grassroots comedy. You know, yeah. you are very pop. The, you are very popular with the audience. It doesn't matter where you are. You're just having fun, enjoying yourself, and you know, yeah. If yeah. these major clubs are not booking you, you can still make a career. You can still, and, and this is why the lockdown and you being able to shape and adapt is really really important. 
Yeah. I'll give you an example. I did, like I said, I did a preview of my show uh, two weeks ago and I invited my fans. I didn't have to go to a comedy promoter. No. Exactly. No. And they came. And they came. So it, hey. and they, and that's what I'm saying about your, 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 what is your constituents? If you're mm. looking for validation, you'll be messed up. If you're looking for reassurance, you'll be messed up. If you're not confident with yourself, you'll be messed up. If you haven't got good esteem, like you don't care and you just want to, I certainly went in there, deep in, deep in, boom. I had no idea 11 years ago how the whole industry worked. Boom, I just did it. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 I, I did. This lockdown changed the landscape. And, and now I've just been thinking that, right, if it gets to a point where, let's say for one reason or the other, these big clubs, you know, let's say some of them don't survive the lockdown, right? Yeah. It's going to change the landscape of comedy because even though you were popular, it's club X, club Y, club Z, you're going to have to start over now because like, if you can imagine, unless, unless you were holding on to the audience, unless all these people that you're performing to can say, okay, we know John, we know Matt, you know. Mm. The, well, what I'm saying now is if you had gathered your audience in time when you still could, now you're benefiting. If you weren't into self-promotion before lockdown, oh. you oh. see, oh. now you're stuck. Now, now what can you do? You and I remember, I remember when I started, I, I, I will admit with you, Nelson, mm. I focused more at the very beginning of my presidency. I focused more on the self-promotion. People liked the president before yeah. he even hit the stage. They don't know mm. whether it was crap or not. They just loved the president. Yeah. They, loved, they loved it. Mm. And all I would say is this, the people who are enjoying the lockdown are those who haven't put their eggs in one basket. Yeah, they're not just performers, they're writers. They can That's do true. sketches, they can do radio, they can do TV. They have, mm. they, 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 they're, they're versatile in so many skills so they can adapt yeah. you understand what i'm saying if you yeah. are someone yeah. who all you do is perform write and perform and you are more performing rather than writing you are totally messed up yeah. totally messed up <laughs> so what has it taught us is taught us you can't put your eggs in one basket you have to no that's that's true because just imagine comedians that weren't even on facebook or like that, that, that didn't do is my self-promotion. And now they're starting to think, Jesus. I sh See, what we do, uh, my president, even though sometimes self-promotion seems like you're beating your own chest and all that, yeah. even though there's that element, you should look on the bright side in the sense that when people do actually like what you do, they will follow. You and I, we have, it might not be massive in my case, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. enough it's enough for me to to put on a zoom gig mm -hmm. have people to entertain and this mm -hmm. is from years of self-promotion so yeah. even though self-promotion is awkward if you're shy but it benefits you because now i don't need a promoter to introduce me to 30 50 people no. i have i i they're a click away yeah, yeah. i i i have i i can confidently tell you after 11 years i have a fan base 
I have, yeah. I have, I have people who want to hear from the president on a regular basis, and I interact with them the best way I can. If I, if I wasn't self-promoting, even though self-promoting, as the English would call it, oh, it's very wanky, it's so wanky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, for me, I am a brand. People want to hear from me on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and, and this is what is so interesting about the industry, is for me to meet the audience, I have to go to the promoter. And once I go to the promoter and they see me on stage, that is it. They fall in love with me. They, they're following me. <laughs> yeah, I just need to be on that stage. I'm just, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying to you, I don't care whether you want to put me at Life at the Apollo or whether you want to put me at 10 out of 12 cats or whatever. Just give me that opportunity to be on stage. And you know, the beauty of it all, my friend, for you, I'm sure it's the same. When you have fans like my, fans of Michael McIntyre, fans of uh, all these top comics also following you, what does that say? What does that actually say? It's beautiful. It's a self-defined journey. We are in control because the thing is, right, the thing that the industry doesn't want you to know is they don't want you to know how good you are. Yeah. Because as long as you doubt yourself, as long as you think you need them, they will always be in power. They think Obonjo, for him to get 10,000, he needs to go through me. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas if you can gather your own 10,000 followers and if they can really say, this is our president, then all these comedy clubs just become less and less significant. But, whether but, you perform. Yeah, sorry, but well, I, I just remembered something as well. But actually, there are comics who I call do it yourself comics who have actually done it without the industry. They're not yeah. even part of the industry. There's a guy called Jonathan Pye. Do you, you know about Jonathan Pye? I know him. Exactly. He's famous. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I, I've been to his live shows, Obonjo. And in the live show, I was thinking, this is not necessarily stand-up comedy. It's more sketches, but it's working. He wouldn't be able to get 10 minutes in most comedy clubs. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't need 10 minutes from anybody. He need from that, you know. Here's how I look at it, right? Like... If he messaged people at the beginning of his career saying, uh, I'm more of a character, I have projections, blah, blah, blah. Most, pro most promoters would be like, man, I just need someone who comes in, talks on a microphone, and then goes, you know, I, I don't need any of that extra technological stuff. But it worked, man. And but that's we, how... One of the support acts, I can't remember who, is a comic. For his one of his shows, a stand-up comic was the one who had to open for him before he went on stage to do his thing. <laughs> and you, know, you know, the other thing that's really interesting is, and it's, 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 it's as far as I'm concerned, it's snobbery. It's, it's about before this lockdown, we had quite a number of people who we, we will call Instagram comedians. You know, yeah. they had a big following. Okay, fine. They might well not do well on stage, you know. But they follow. Uh, yeah, but who's milking it now? Who is actually milking it now? Yeah, that's true. Because even though you may have an audience that is big, people can outgrow stuff. People will get bored after a while, you yeah. know. Yeah. If you're not giving any content, if you're not giving them what they want, there's so much competition out there that yeah. they can get bored. But so you need to approach it in a way where 
when someone is a fan, they're genuinely a fan. Yeah, but for me, the you like it, like it or not, the comedy industry is on a ventilator. Yeah, until yeah, they, yeah. Or, <laughs> until they find <laughs> until they find the vaccine. You know, the whole thing is like it's almost like COVID is like invading Iraq. That's how I see it in comedy, and it just yeah. destroyed. And it's left this devastation. Even edible fringe that I normally would do every year, I'm not. It's, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to go ahead this year. I don't think so. How's it possible? I mean, no one has been developing shows like you know. Who's their time to prepare? You know? No, no. There, there's Zoom shows though. There's Zoom shows you can do. <laughs> you, can do <laughs> you can do shows on Zoom, man. <laughs> you, you, you know what, right? Uh, what, what I think is the most important thing to take from the lockdown is the fact that it has leveled the playing field. I don't need a promoter to tell, to introduce me to an audience. You don't need either. You just need to sit down at home, either record a funny sketch, write something, do it your own self, post it out to the world and let, 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 let it play out the way it's meant to play I, you out. Know what, you know what I wanted to do uh, over the weekend? I was thinking about it. I was going to place an advert in the evening standard with my photo. I don't know how much it will cost them to say president who performs comedy in the UK is looking Do for it. an audience. <laughs> Do it. Oh, Bonjour. Let me tell you something that I tell all my friends, right? Whenever someone has an idea like that, right? I say, Do it, brother. Yeah. What's the loss, man? Think about it. Worst case scenario. Listen, if it's a newspaper, you will get at least 10,000 eyes. <laughs> Dress like this. <laughs> and, and we're talking at the very least. And out of those 10,000, if 2,000 follow you up on social media, that's a win. Yeah, just, a, a win. just do an advert. Find out how that's much it will cost. Just do an advert. Let, let, uh, yeah, president looking for an audience. And, follow and, him on Twitter. <laughs> do you know why that would be so powerful? Because no one does it. Comedians, a lot of us, or a lot of a lot of comedians, are people that have second jobs or they're mm. on the come up in life. So mm. this is not something that they do. It's not mm. something that they have budgeted for. Mm. They're used to the traditional system. Mm. You're in a position where you can actually manipulate forces that are not necessarily available to other comedians trust mm. me if you can afford to run that ad do it because <laughs> it's that uh, benjamin there is no loss when you're chasing a dream my brother just look, less look look you see you see I, I for me based on what we've spoken about in terms of how the comedy landscape has changed i have no regrets doing it the way i did because it's helped me in terms of being on stage that technical ability i know even though some people say they reckon that, oh, he's a character comedian. They never ever call me a stand-up comedian. I know the technique of stand-up yeah. comedy for the last 11 years. So I, 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 won't, I won't change that in any shape or form. I wish at times I did more content online. But over yeah. the last year, I can confidently, I use my YouTube now. I, mm -hmm. I, I do stuff on Instagram. We did, we spoke about a sketch about Valentine's yesterday. I did it, you know, so, uh, you know, I mean, I have, I have no regrets. I have no regrets whatsoever. I actually think it's made me prepare. It's getting me ready. You know that people, people who, who saw you in Gonzo's 
years back. Yes. Like we're talking five years back. Yeah. Till this day, if I go, do you know, President, they, they know. <laughs> this character is powerful. Yeah. I am not joking at all. Like people have come and gone from Gonzo's man. Yeah. I have seen hundreds of comics mm-hmm. pass through that stage. But how many do they remember? Yeah. Yeah. How many do they bless remember? Them, bless them. Bless them. You know, it, it, uh, this is why I don't know about you. Sorry, Nelson. sorry. I was just talking out. Yeah. This is why I don't know about you, Nelson. Mm. Pandemic or no pandemic, President Obonjo will continue to do what he needs to do till death do us part. It, it, yes, it, yes. <laughs> till death yes, do us part. You know, if you like, you want to book me. If you like, you don't want to book me. President Obonjo is going to continue. He stays forever till death. President Obonjo is like a tree growing in a garden. <laughs> only, only the tree can stop itself. You are a force of nature, man. No, thank you. you. Thank think you. about it. Think about it. Just think about the fact that at one point, President Obonjo didn't exist. You probably woke up from your sleep one night and thought, ah, my life needs something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at, think about it, man. Because people need to understand that like, we, we come along, our stories don't just start like as, as Africans, man. Our stories don't just start when we come to the UK, man. At mm. one point you were in Nigeria doing whatever you're doing. Mm. And now all of this life is taking you to where you are right yeah, now. Yeah. And this is just, in itself, it's a beautiful story, man. Don't... No, look, look, I, I don't, I don't, and, and you know, I, I was, I woke up this morning pinching myself because I, I, people might not believe me, but I'm in touch with Idi Amin's son and we've been talking every day. <laughs> now, this is what's crazy about it because that's how you say comedy meets history. I just can't, if you had said to me 11 years ago that I will be talking to Idi Amin's son yeah. about his father and you know, it wasn't my plan to have my presidency imitate uh, yeah. Idi Dada. It's people, they've shaped, they've shaped the character in such a way that they said, oh, Idi Dada. And now I'm talking to his son on a regular basis. It's unbelievable. And think about it, Benjamin. If, if anyone else had tried to do it, the whole industry would come out and say, why are you trying to steal President Obonjo's character? <laughs> you know, well, was, it, it, it happened, didn't it? It, it happened in July. It happened. it happened. But think about it. That, that's how powerful your brand is. Because even if the people on top try to, t- even if the TV people try to take it, you have put in so much work to a point where there is only one African dictator. There is only one that we know. <laughs> It's only one. It's only one people that we and, and that's the think about it, Benjamin. Man, that's that's work. That's 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 a character. That's something that, that you cannot just come up with in a year's time. No, if no, someone no. decided today that they want to copy you, they need to put in five, six years of work to mm. to, to for people to start saying, "Ah, uh, uh, I think we need to start replacing you." <laughs> You are six years ahead of your competition. <laughs> and that is the beauty of chasing dreams, man. And I'm mm. not just saying this because, you know, I'm on your podcast. But when you have an idea and when you see it through, it becomes so powerful to a point where 
you you make money from it you do mm. all these things and it's mm. and it literally just came from you putting in work mm. so i all these ideas that we have man whether it's jokes whether it's characters whether it's mm. these are things that these are investments mm -hmm. these are our projects the yeah. idea is a project mm. so you have so what's go, what's going on apart from the fact okay fine lock, the lockdown has changed people's momentum what the the thing that Sammy, you did a show recently didn't you yeah yeah i, I was lucky enough to be offered a, a show by the theater royal in orange and that was crazy man <laughs> i was i did I'm telling you what, Benjamin, I, I did a 45 minute show. I killed it. Well, I mean, if I do say so myself, um, yeah. people enjoyed it. That was so crazy. And, and that's just coming from putting myself in a position that whenever things get better, mm. I'm the first one that people look at. That's, yeah. that's how I, I, I want to operate. So that yeah. if comedy clubs tomorrow say we're now open, I want to be in a position to be like, hey, me blah, blah i always want to stay ready for the mm. opportunity so even though right now there isn't much of an outlet for comedy mm. um, we have to be versatile there's so many aspects to yeah. comedy yeah. it's not just performing in front of people you need to have your clientele mm. you need to have your dates in order mm. you need to have your material mm. you need to have mm. other aspects of promotion so that even though no one is seeing you people are still thinking, okay, he's in our minds, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to really design your life mm -hmm. in a way to be a comedian, man. Mm -hmm. Like I, I tell people, I'm a comedian and a paralegal on the side. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the comedy comes first because with the comedy, it's something that no one can ever fire me from. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you take a job as a bus driver tomorrow, you can lose it. As a dentist, any job you can get fired from. But a comedian, man, it's it's a journey. It's and and when you treat it properly, when you give it the respect it deserves, you get so many moments in your life that are just genuine and you could never have picked yeah, them. Yeah, so certainly, um. I, I, I genuinely believe the industry will come back, but it's going to take its time. And not everyone who's been performing comedy will be able to come back. Nah. Yeah, not many, not, nah. not everybody. That, that's, 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 nah. that's just my, this is, this is a, COVID has been a bloody cool. It's been a bloody massless. Let's <laughs> <laughs> imagine messaging like the big venues right now, man. Because you know, when things get back to normal, there's going to be a massive queue of all these, all these professional comedians that are now thinking, shit, I need to perform. And then the rest of me, like the rest, the Nelsons are going to be pushed back, you know? No, no, it, it, no look, it's, it's already happened. Even some of these, what I call prestigious online gigs, yeah. um, have comics who have been performing longer, who have a higher profile, they're yeah. the ones who are getting booked. You know, all these prestigious corporate gigs. Yeah. I know that for a fact. But I mean, why would they why would they want to see Nelson when they can get Lee Lee Nelson for X amount? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, why would they want to see why would they want to see President Abonjo when they can yeah. get Stephen K. Amos? So if you if you already have a TV profile, you yeah. are you apart from the fact that they're not busy, they're the ones that people want to see, you know, and yeah, and, and, and that's fine. So I need to create my own, sorry, I need to create my own TV. You know, I had to create my own. 
Obojo, whilst you're saying that, I've just realized something, right? You know, earlier on, we said that um, audiences are going to be smaller because people are yeah. going to risk, are not going to be happy risking yeah. um, coming out when things get mm-hmm. to normal. Another issue is there's going to be much less money. Paid gigs are not going to be paid that much because people are going, the pockets are going to be tighter. Oh. <laughs> You're competing with someone who's on live in the Apollo who's yeah. going to come down from 3,000 pounds a night gigs to like 200. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw a lineup the other day and it was a lineup full of TV comics and it was for a comedy club and it was online. And I just thought, wow, wow, this is what it has become. How do li- Yeah, life at the Apollo doing. <laughs> and I'm not knocking Zoom gigs. It's just that, no, no. that it's just that it's just, you know, it, it, it feels like the way it is. I don't know how many comics were performing in the UK. At one point, I, people said maybe they're about 300. But imagine the industry is like a stock market and then yeah. it crashes. <laughs> <laughs> So I am, I am, Nelson, I am managing my expectations. For me, yeah, I, 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 I am not expecting, because July 2019 was, was a big thing for me. I hit the press and, you know, yeah. I, you know, and I, and I thought, boom, yeah. life of the Apollo, man. And then <laughs> <laughs> I was doing Zoom gigs, man, Zoom gigs. <laughs> So no. I have I have to say to you that, that I, I will always remember that memory of July 2019 because it was just it was it that was that was they say if you're not if they're not it, it, it's flattery that someone wants to copy you and that's that that's that's good. But what will happen in the future is all down to us. As far as I'm concerned, don't wait for anybody. If you need to uh gain new skills if you need to find new ways of tapping into your audience and creating i'm on tiktok yeah. believe it or not i am on tiktok i have tried no 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 i know it is i know it is not for you but they i have twenty five thousand followers on tiktok already and, and, and i'm not I'm not doing anything silly. It's not like I'm doing Soloto, Soloto challenge or all that stuff. I'm not doing any of those. I'm just posting clips. There was one I did where I pretended as if a police dog was chasing me and I was in uniform and I got 150,000 views. <laughs> Dude, a, you might as well start a TV station. That's TV numbers, man. I, I just pretended as if a police dog. There was a sign of a police dog and I just thought, hmm, this would be nice. So what I did was, it was a, a sketch. I went to a farm and I dressed in uniform and I saw these animals, sheep and goats. And I made an announcement, just like Mugabe. And I said, I am seizing this farm. I am seizing this farm and whoever owns this farm. And then I just pretended as if there was a police dog and I started running. Before I knew what was happening, 150,000 views. And I'm saying, Whoa. what the hell? What the hell? Now I have fans who are supposed to be following Justin Timberlake. They are following me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. But, but, go on, go on. Like, I was going to say that, like, think about it, Obojo. 
the industry made us think that we're we're different from these big names, man. We're not that. We just need to gather our audience. No, no, but yeah, I I never thought I was. I never thought you know. No disrespect mm. to all these comics. You know, you know, to respect comics who have been doing this for a long time. You need to respect comics who have done it. Who who have respect for the art. So I, you know, no disrespect to them. The challenge for me at the time that I never really understood Nelson was the fact that before I built my audience, I had to go through a comedy promoter. And then as soon as I go through a comedy promoter, there's a thing about my presidency. There's an emotional attachment. When they see me on stage, there is, they don't want to let go. The audiences don't want to let go. So I, what I never really understood is I have to go through a comedy promoter to get the audience. The audience then start following me. And I'm thinking, I have to find a way where I find my own audience. Cut that middle man <laughs> Yeah, find a way of cutting the middle man. And if that means, if that means doing an advert. Do yeah. it. <laughs> Do it. Let's <laughs> see. Do that advert. <laughs> because try- Trust me, you cannot take a loss. Think about it. No, no. Think about it. If I don't go to tear the newspaper out and say, who the hell is that? No. Yeah, if because like- so, 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 for example, we know in the Evening Standard, there's a review of comedy acts. Yeah? yeah. We have a comedy reviewer who does all that. He's called Bruce Desaru. And he's, he's posted stuff about me in the Evening Standard. It's short column. Yeah. yeah and that's great. But what stops me in just, you know, Paying for a whole page. Like, I'm president. I'm president for Green Show. Yeah. <laughs> nah, trust me. Like, I, I, there's no loss whatsoever, whatsoever when, when chasing a dream like that. Because yeah. a worst case scenario, someone sees that advert, they just flip the page. They cannot dislike. <laughs> they cannot leave it. That's the Can you imagine? It's just, my name is President Obonjo. Perfect. I am a stand-up comedian. And I am looking for my audience. Bingo. Let me tell you one thing, Obonjo. Before before the lockdown, right? Um, comedy was set up in such a way where a comedian only needed to be an artist. Mm-hmm. But now a comedian also needs to be a marketing genius. Oh, dude. A promotional. Uh, you you need to to market yourself. You need to to understand how like market trends work because at the end of the day, you're selling a product, man. Mm-hmm. And if you can develop to a point where you get like you can get to a million followers do you know like i was looking at the most popular british comedians on instagram mm. a lot of them like the ones that do the stand-up comedy circuit very few of them have like anything more than twenty thousand followers they need to go to america in order to be international yeah that's how it used to happen right mm-hmm. but now now you can just you can beat all of them, man, because with they 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 were brought up in an old system that's getting irrelevant. You know, life. so I should show my age and and you know, even though I said I was an expert on social media, I didn't even know that there is something called YouTube Live where you can go live on YouTube. <laughs> Think about it. There's so, so, many- I, I, so, so so I've been doing short clips. So today. I'm going to do something after this podcast because there's someone called Okonjoela. She's now the new World Trade Organizer, um, WTO. She's the Director General. She's from Nigeria, but she's been appointed Director General. And what I notice is that every time you Google Obonjo, you try it, 
it's her name that comes up. So I Ooh. want to address the world and say, why is Okonjo Iwela? What is wrong with Twitter? Why is Okonjo Iwela showing up when it's Obonjo on Twitter? And what they say, you know, so there's, there's just so much, there's so much going on at the moment. We just need to gather our intelligence, you know? And one, one thing that I've started going back on, right? I've started looking back on jokes that didn't necessarily work the first time mm. that I just thrown away because maybe two audience members didn't like it or someone gave me a bad comment. Now I've had time to really look back on stuff. There's so much, there's so much material, so much to go through. The mm -hmm. old system, we were moving so fast, man. Yeah, but what about, what, what is your view about networking? So, so you could be very good in terms of your material. You could be very good as a performer and you're killing it. But if you do not know the people, that's if you want a career in the industry. If you do not know who controls the industry, you're going I mean, nowhere. It, it, it gets to a point where, like, you need to, you, you should network because eventually you will get to a door that you can't open on your own. Yeah. So you get to the point where you cannot do it yourself. You need someone to let you in. Then. Yeah. Okay, fine, fair enough. But if you can do it yourself, there's so much power, man. Because yeah. think about people like Jonathan Pye. Like, okay, the, the man built a brand from just sketch comedy. And that's mm. such a powerful, recognizable brand. And if you can get to the point where you can get the, you can gather a genuine online following and they can sustain you, whether mm -hmm. it's through money or whatever you want validation or whatever mm, mm. if you can make that system work for you then that's good of course you should open you should always be open to new opportunities and mm. as a comedian mm. you know you're an artist so it's good to try out different audiences you yeah. shouldn't just do one thing but the primary the foundation must be yours mm. the reason i say that is because this is a job that like no one can fire you from. Imagine if all these years you had gone through an, a, an agency, right? And if the agency were in charge of everything and let's say for one reason or the other, they drop you or the agency, like something happens and they're no longer there. Does it mean that you stop being a comedian? It just means that you take over from where they left and then you build on. But that is, that is the point. That's why if you do not have, I, I honestly, I, I, at one point, when people were going on comedy courses, I said they're doing it the wrong way. They should yeah. do, they should do a course on 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 resilience. They should do a course on confidence. Yeah. They should do a course on how you can deal with your insecurities. There should be a course on there should be a course on 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 how you deal with low esteem. There should yeah. be a course on how you validate yourself rather than wait for people to validate you. There should be a course on honestly. I really feel real passionate about this because I have seen comics just collapse. Because one person said, oh, you are not good. There's a way of booking you anymore. You know, and, and, and that destroys you as a human being. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm not being arrogant here, I genuinely, the truth. No, I genuinely believe that so far you are living and breathing. Nobody is supposed to be superior to the other person. The only reason yeah. why people are ahead of you is because, one, they've put the work in. Two, they know who's running the industry. It's as simple as that. And, you know, they, they, they don't have an attitude. Do you know what I'm saying? Those yeah. are the three things I think that work. But what really, really takes me is where people, if 
exactly. That's low self-esteem. If you have low self-esteem, forget it. They will kill you. They will destroy you. Wow, your mental health. You be, you be there. Everyone will destroy you. The promoter, the audience, the other comics, everything. The bartender serving you a drink after you bombed. Your friends who came to visit you, everyone will destroy you. Comedy is a game of life, man. It's no, it is. It is. And there are, there are transferable skills as far as I'm concerned. There are transferable skills from, which is why I agree with you on if comedians rule the world and you said, you know, teach students because it teaches them life skills, teaches yeah. them real life skills. The only concern I had was, geez, man, there are some dark places, man. There are some dark places <laughs> of being <to. laughs> It's a dark profession. Oh, it is dark, dark, isolating. You are in your own world. At times, I had no idea I was in my own world until after the yeah. lockdown. I had no idea. I had no idea, Nelson, that I was married until after the lockdown. <laughs> to six wives. <laughs> every every day. Every day of the week, man. <laughs> I, I tell you this, right? Comedy is, is it's like boxing. It's like martial arts. It's like when you understand the core principles, man, they can you can use them in so many other yeah. aspects in life. You can yeah. use them. To understand people better you can use them to bounce back from defeat all mm. of these things are useful yeah. yeah so we're gonna round up soon and you have broken the record because we're having a fun time normally we said 45 minutes but we've been going on for well over 45 <laughs> minutes which is great i couldn't wait to be tell them why i couldn't get on the podcast I yeah, you couldn't like, get off the phone because your brother was cooking some kind of rice or something. Okay. No, no, no. Last uh, last week or the week before, when you wanted me to come on. Oh, you you I, tell them what happened. You tell them what happened. Yeah, no, I, I was told to isolate for like a few days, and I was so stressed because I didn't know whether I had corona or not. They okay. just told me like you've been in touch with someone who has, oh, and I was like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And you know, the, and you know the thing about this corona thing. It's not like. It's not like HIV, where you sleep with some, where you sleep with someone, and then it's telling you, "Oh, you just been in touch with someone." You don't fucking know. But this one, they will track you and tell you, <laughs> tell you like, I'm like Listen, let me tell you something. At least with AIDS, I go out looking for it. <laughs> this one comes out looking for me. <laughs> how 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 did that make you feel when you you probably didn't sleep because? We were supposed to have that podcast, and then you wrote to me and said, and I could tell that you were in a state, and, and I thought, let me just leave you. But how did you, how did that feel? Thing is, with corona, it's, it's hard to know how it's going to affect you, because some people have just had a cold, mm. and then some people have had really bad mm. symptoms. So I was stressed up thinking, which one am I going to be? And the problem is, when you think you're sick, everything your body does, you think is a symptom. Mm. So whether it's a stomach ache, whether it's a headache, whether it's a chicken, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I remember I couldn't. It, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't cool because the thing is, I also didn't know whether I had to, like, tell um, my people that I live with and all these people that, hey, guys, this is what happened. So... It was stressful, man. And also, like, this is such a weird time because it's like being told, do nothing for nine days. 
Jesus. God, that's painful. Like, if you have no job, that's fine. But, like... But, you know, <laughs> but is it is it not really interesting how... Well, the other thing about COVID is how we have taken the things, simple things for granted. You oh, know, yeah. these simple things for granted. Because when you're saying, okay, you're locked in for nine days. Wow, that's because you're used to actually getting out and going out. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're a social animal, aren't you? I, 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 that's who we are, Benjamin. Even just like, just staying indoors, just like not doing anything even like sometimes when it's on your own terms i i can do that i can stay two three days without doing anything mm-hmm. but when someone else is telling you you have no choice that's when it's not like yeah 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 yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But, it's not, but it's not the same because I, i've spoken to quite a number of british people who are, keep saying that britain is under a dictatorship we can't protest we can't we can't go you can still go out and go and get a pack of condoms you can still go out right <laughs> <laughs> nah, see, even that in itself, man, it's like, it's made me just question, you know, lifestyle and things mm. that I think I need. The thing is, it's made me realize, like, some of my old expenses weren't even necessary. I'm looking no. at, like, no. No. things that I used to spend money on, and I'm, you know... Mm. Like, I don't really need this, do I? No, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 yeah, I know, I know exactly. It's given me time to to slow down and just really look at life, you know. Mm, yeah, exactly. Look, I, it's been fantastic, uh, and you are feeling better now, aren't you? Even yeah, though, yeah. Uh, even though yeah. I, I, I heard you cough a little bit, but <clears> luckily, <throat> luckily, it can't, it can't, it can't go through the the, <laughs> the Zoom. <laughs> I catch it through Zoom. Um, so, what are your plans for the future? Well, apart from comedy, what else is happening to you? Um, I just, I just want to be happy, man. Just want to be a good son to my parents, a good okay. brother, to my little brother, mm. to my sister, a good friend to my friends. You mm-hmm. know, just, just do, uh, just, just take life as it's meant to be. Mm. Because I realized that in the past I was trying to do a lot of things, and then this lockdown has allowed me to just slow down and also work on my relationships. So mm. now I have more time to just call a friend on a Saturday mm. when I never had time to do that because I was on a train to London and I had to get my head in the mood for a gig, all these things. When things get back to normal, I will be doing that. But like now it's more managed. I want to make my life full circle, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, like I said, co- the performing comedy is quite, um, quite, uh, yeah, quite. Uh, it, it takes it, so much from it ta- you. It takes so much. It takes so much from you. Because. Before the gig, you're someone else. After the gig, you're a different person because of how the gig went, and you can't even just like. Well, but I'm I'm tenfold because I have to say to you, the other day when I did this podcast, because mm. uh, I'm definitely at home, I'm not recording it anywhere else. Yeah. One of my neighbors came knocking on my door, and he peeped through the window, and he saw me in uniform. And you know, he probably was just thinking, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> there must be some kind of issue here. Why is he wearing? Because he doesn't know that I do comedy. And also, when I first started, I just thought, "Why should I wear this uniform?" 
Nah, you did my audience, so. but I have to, but I have to because that this is my brand. This is yeah. this is who I am. But it is a strong brand. Sorry? It's a strong brand. Yeah, so who who knows? But anyway, look, Nelson, I have taken so much of your time. No, I, I no. want to thank you very much. You uh it, you know, I, I wanted you here because we 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 made a connection well over seven years ago. You've you've seen yeah. me die, you see me do well. <laughs> You know, yeah. and we, you know, and we, we, we've been through that comedy journey together. And I want to wish you well, uh, but in terms of your comedy and also in terms of you being a happy person and your profession. And uh, who knows? Who knows? We, we'll see what happens. But uh, at the moment, all we can do is just keep zooming and, and, and keep, <laughs> keep, keep zooming. Benjamin, my friend, God bless you, man. Yeah. Thank so you. any final words for um, my audience my viewers and guys just in case you're a bit confused about what is happening here you see the the i think that the, there's nelson is planning a coup because he's not actually calling me president abonjo he keeps calling me by my english name so it is obvious that after this podcast if you don't see me you know that nelson has been involved because it keeps it's as if he wants my presidency because he keeps calling me Benjamin. I don't know who Benjamin is, but also it just goes to show that he's a bit confused. He's not sure who is interviewing him. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my president. Have you ever heard of an African? Okay, how do African dictators lose power? Either death, either or another the coup. There is no election. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So, <laughs> if you disappear. <laughs> You know, they know that the Zimbabwe is taking yeah. away. You know, when I when I need, I made an announcement. I'm going to leave you with this. I made an announcement about uh, talking to Idiamita Dada's son and the fact that he might be on my podcast. Yeah. And someone wrote and said, "President Bonjo, if I were you, you could lose your arms and legs." I don't think this is such a good idea. <laughs> Make sure he's not like his father. No, no, no. I, 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 you know, this is what's really interesting. There is one person who has really taken offense by the fact that I want to talk to him. And I've said, I've said to the person that, look, it's not like he, I'm interviewing Idi Amin Dada. I'm actually interviewing his son. Why yeah. would I not want to talk to him? I want to hear, I want to hear his narrative. I want to hear, you know, what he thought. You know, what was it like living in that kind in that environment yeah. you know and and, yeah. and there might be a different st story yeah. to share to the world and yeah, yeah I, ju I just don't understand people it's like you know you have to condemn people because my view yeah. is that these dictators were good people it was as soon as they fell out of the west fell out with the west they started calling yeah. them bad dictators you understand yeah. what i'm saying that's, yeah. that's my view. you know they sponsored their governments they 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 they, they, they encouraged them Mm. As soon as they fell out with the West, they become something else. That's my view. And, and and you're not you're not wrong because in the at the end of the day, you know, a lot of these dictators were the first leaders of their country. Mm. Did they have anyone to follow? Did they have any good example to follow? They did it the way Africans do it. Hey, you give me an economy, you give me a country, I'm employing my best friends. I married 20 women. That's it.
and that's can, why and that and that's why I created my own country. I thought I could also do it too, just create my own country. <laughs> and I'm chasing all the foreigners out. I just chase all the foreigners out. So <laughs> I, I genuinely want to hear the story because I know that the narrative that we have been told is totally different. That you know, yeah. let's hear what what was it like? What was it like living under your father? <laughs> time and do you understand what I'm saying? You know? Yeah, I get it. I I I was so happy when he got that interview. I was like, yes, <laughs> my boy is he's coming up. Yeah, and and, and and my plan is that and my plan is that actually I could use that as an advert and just once that interview takes place, yeah. <laughs> Look, Nelson. Uh, I, After India means you can do Mugabe son. Yeah, 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 that's the plan. That's the plan. I have a series now. I have that, that Mugabe, I could do Gaddafi's son, hey, Michael Saddam Hussein's son. I could... <laughs> That's a plan. That's a plan. I want them to come. Come and talk to me. What was it like? You know, and you know, people will listen to it. People will, people will definitely listen to it. So, um, but by the way, maybe you can, you can, you can, you because you're from Zimbabwe. Do you have any contacts in town how I can get hold of? Mugabe's um, no, not direct. They keep themselves like separate. So I need to message people that I think maybe. Okay, if you don't mind, that's your task for me. I no want problem. to interview Mugabe's son, and I will try. Um, get, I demand that you get me his number. I, will, we, I used to send the, the youngest one abuse on, online, actually, because I hated what his dad did to me. When I first came to the UK, I discovered these people's Facebooks, and I'd be like, by the way, just so you know, I hate your father. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what one person said to me when they found out that I was uh, going to interview Idami's son, and I said he had 60 children. And someone said to me, it would be a tragedy if after 25 years, I've gone. And I only have three children. <laughs> <laughs> An African man does it. Not the same. Look, Nelson, it's been fantastic. You will get you 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 will you will get a copy of this. Uh, it will be on YouTube and it will be on the audio version. Uh, you your task is to promote it to Zimbabweans uh, and and everyone else, including your. Your white folks in Norwich, uh, but yeah. But thank you so much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. It's one of those podcasts where I wish we didn't really end, but I have to go because I'm an old man and uh, the toilet calls, and I need to go and do my whatever. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> you take care of yourselves, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Please. Bye. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.